Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Film Fans Podcast, your home for movie news, reviews, and movie fan views. This is the podcast from movie fans for movie fans. I am your host, Ryan Denlevy, joining you solo on this Thanksgiving edition of the Film for Fans Podcast. Hopefully, we'll have Rob back with us next week. But for now, you've got me. And uh, I hope that all of you are out there having a fantastic Thanksgiving, that you're able to see friends, family, uh, stay safe and eat a lot of great food. Uh, But of course, Thanksgiving is also traditionally the kickoff of the Christmas movie season. It's always been a big weekend for movies. I used to work in a movie theater when I was in college, and this was like an all-hands-on-deck weekend. Everyone's working Thanksgiving weekend, and it's just a great time to get out there and to, to do something with uh, with family, get out to the movies. It's awesome. So we're, what we're going to do today is we're going we're gonna to break down the releases currently in theater and do a rank order of them in terms of interest uh, for what you should go see this weekend. Uh, we will do, um, there's a fantastic story about a, a bus driver who broke down the, uh, the bus, uh, the bus fight scene in Shang-Chi that we're going to look at. We'll discuss, uh, what things, uh, to be thankful for about the movies this year. And we'll do a, we'll start our new series where each week, uh, up leading up until Christmas, we will do a weekly highlight of a classic Christmas movie and talk about why it's uh, had the sustained success it had. All right, so let's kick it off here. Um, As I said earlier, this is a huge weekend for movies in terms of uh, usually box office numbers are big and Uh, there's a lot of good stuff out in the box office right now. A lot of interesting, intriguing movies. So there's plenty to see. But uh, I'm going to take a look at the top eight releases that are out in theaters right now and kind of rank order them in terms of uh, interest level. And if you're looking to go see a movie, what should you see? All right, so the movies are as follows. House of Gucci. Uh, Resident Evil, Raccoon City. You have Encanto, Ghostbusters Afterlife, King Richard, Eternals, Belfast, and The French Dispatch. All right, so just to just to give you uh, just a quick rundown on some of these movies, um, House of Gucci is a movie that stars Lady Gaga and Adam Driver, amongst others. And uh, this is talking about a, uh, an outsider who, from humble beginnings, marries into the Gucci family, and her ambition begins to unravel the legacy and leads to betrayal, decadence, revenge, and ultimately murder. Yeah, so this is, this is basically fashion drama. Uh, one of the first families of fashion and all the drama that surrounded them, House of Gucci. Uh, Al Pacino is also in this. Jeremy Irons is in this. Jared Leto is in this. It really is a big cast. Salma Hayek makes an appearance. So there is a lot, a lot of cast in this one. 
And this was actually directed by Ridley Scott. So uh, a little bit of a different offering from Ridley Scott. Uh, Adam Driver is becoming uh, a Ridley Scott favorite as he was just in uh, another Ridley Scott movie here recently. And uh, so now that's, that's House of Gucci. So that one is new this week. And the next one is you have Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, and this movie is set in 1998, and this is kind of the origin explory, origin story that explores the secrets of the mysterious Spencer Mansion in the ill-fated Raccoon City. So this goes back, and it's kind of an origin story. Uh, it does not feature the original cast. It does not feature Mila Jovovich, um, but it does have Robbie Amell and uh, Kea Scodelario. I definitely botched that name, but uh, so this is going to be an origin story for Raccoon City. Uh, now, Encanto is the Disney uh, animated feature, and it's a young Colombian girl has to face the frustration of being the only member in her family without magical powers. So this will be a fun uh, Disney animated movie if you're looking for something to take the kids to, and it's going to have a uh, more of a South American Latin vibe to it. So yeah, yeah, it should be really interesting from Disney. Ghostbusters Afterlife is of course the uh, next installment of the Ghostbusters series after there was the, of course, the original block or original Ghostbusters back in the eighties. Uh, you had the 2016 edition and now this one Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's been out for this. This is the second week out, I believe. Uh, the first three were all debuts this weekend. Uh, the next one is King Richard. Now, the movie King Richard is uh, one of those simultaneous HBO <clears throat> release on HBO Max and in theaters. Now, King Richard uh, follows the story of uh, <coughs> of Richard. Uh, sorry about this. Is Will Smith. And it follows the uh, the tale of Richard Williams, who is, of course, the famous dad of Serena's, Serena and Venus Williams, uh, the tennis stars. And it basically looks at their childhood and their upbringing uh, from their dad's perspective and what he did to create them as champions. We have Eternals, which is, of course, the latest in the Marvel series. It's been out for a few weeks now, but still, there's probably a lot of you who haven't gotten around to seeing Eternals. So that's that. Belfast is a, we talked about this a little bit on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. And that's the story of a young boy in a working class family experience in the tumultuous late 60s. So it's a black and white film. It's kind of a film noir type. So we'll look at the uh, at the Belfast, uh, Northern Ireland of the 60s. And finally, the French Dispatch. We've, we've talked about it a couple of times on this. This is the latest from Wes Anderson. And so uh, with all of those options, what should you see? What, what should be the recommendations? Well, we'll break it down a little bit like this. Uh, if you're looking to do something with a family, you've got some kids. If you have younger kids, Encanto is definitely the way to go on this one. Um, if you're looking, if, you're, if you have older kids, you know, middle school and up, there's several options for you. I think Ghostbusters Afterlife is a great choice. If you haven't seen Eternals, go for that. Um, I think those are your two best options if you're 
if you're looking for like middle school and up kids, something to do with the family. Um, if you just want an, an evening out with, uh, with the wife and, uh, wife or daughter or uh, husband, and you're looking for just a movie to watch as a couple, I would go French dispatch and then Belfast. If you're, if you're in for that sort of thing. And, uh, or if you just want, if you just want crazy relational drama, House of Gucci looks uh, looks pretty crazy. It looks insane if you're uh, if you're into outlandish, ridiculous fashion. Uh, so those would be the three recommendations if you're going out as a couple. Uh, now, if you just like, if you just want something to uh, to get you the action, then go with uh, go with Resident Evil or Ghostbusters. If you're there, I just want I want action. Resident Evil, Ghostbusters, and Eternals are going to give you the action. And if you're a sports fan, go. you can go with King Richard. I am not particularly a fan of the Williams sisters, but this does not feature most of their professional career. Uh, and this is kind of their origin story and does focus more on their dad. So if you're a sports fan, go with King Richard. Now, for me personally, in terms of what I would see, if I were to rank order all of these regardless of outcome, I would go this way. Uh, number one, I'd go with Eternals. Uh, number two, I'd go with the French Dispatch. Number three, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Number four, Raccoon City. Uh, number five, I would go with House of Gucci. Number six, Encanto. Number seven, Belfast. And number eight, King Richard. So if I was to rank them as to which ones I think would be on my order as to who we how we do that, that's what I got. Okay. So let's move on to, uh, since it's Thanksgiving, let's talk about things that we are thankful for in movies. Um, for me, this is, this is it's, been a, it's been a good year for movies. And I think the number one thing that I'm thankful for is we have a regular schedule of movies back. The theaters are back. Movies are coming out again. We've kind of stopped the whole, is this movie going to come out? Is it not going to come out? When are we waiting for it? Is it going to get delayed? We've, we've stopped that. And they're starting to see, studios are starting to recognize that the box office is back. If you want to make the most money with your theater, with your movie, it's got to be in theaters and theaters exclusively. And so just seeing that we are at a place where uh, studios are still releasing movies and there's a more regular schedule. I think that's the number one thing to be thankful for in movies this year is just that we finally seems like we have some consistency back in theaters. And I, I'm just really grateful for that. I'm grateful that we got a couple new Marvel movies this year. I'm grateful that uh, Dune came out and we were able to have Dune. Uh, that was a just a fantastic movie. And Bond, really, really thankful. Uh, I got to see a couple movies with a bunch of friends in a relatively full theater. And uh, No Time to Die was certainly one of them. And Dune was the other. And it was just, it was just such an amazing experience to be back in an IMAX theater on an opening night. Um, celebrating a big release. It just, it felt good. It felt cathartic. It was, it was an amazing experience and we've been so waiting for Dune and we've been so waiting for Bond. And I was just um, ecstatic to get to experience that. I also want to be thankful for the movie community at, at large. Uh, there's so many cool, interesting things uh, with people in the, in the movie community. Uh, 
And just, just the random stuff you encounter with our connected world. There's a lot of downsides to our connected world, but there's some great stuff too. And I want to talk about uh, a couple of them from, from the wider movie community. And one was this awesome uh, Twitter thread that I stumbled across uh, not too long ago. And this was a, a bus driver, an actual bus driver, uh, broke down the fight scene in Shang-Chi. And this is just, this is so great. It, it's such a cool thing. And uh, so I want to break that down here, here in a second, but we'll finish the, finish the thankfulness thoughts. And, and so that's, that's one thing. And then there's a, I, I stumbled across this video of someone just breaking down tenant and it was kind of like partially like a breakdown of the movie and partially like trying to get you into the right framework to be able to understand and see it and partially his own thoughts on it. And I just thought this video was fantastic. Um, the guy did such a good job, uh, both talking about the strengths of the film, but also talking about what you need to do to like and enjoy the film and talking about his slight change of perspective really, really helped. And the more he's watched it, the more he's enjoyed it. So I'll link to, to that and to the, the thread on the bus drivers, but just that, that type of stuff that you can find just enhances your ability to enjoy the movies you love. And and the fact that people take the time to do that is really, really cool. And whenever you stumble across one of those, it's just a great experience. And I'm also very, very thankful for all of our podcast listeners, our YouTube watchers, all those who have been following us for the past year plus, year and a half now uh, on the Film for Fans podcast and, and at the website. And really, really thankful for all of you and for everything you bring to the podcast. And and for your support. So let's, I just, I just want to get to this. I want to get to this, this bus driver breakdown. This was really, really cool. Uh, so bus driver's like, I finally got a chance to watch Shang-Chi and here's, here's what we have. And he just goes through step-by-step step of this scene and giving you all sorts of cool information. Like he starts out by talking about what type of bus it is that they're using in this film and uh, notes that uh, what particular intersection in San Francisco they're driving based on the bus route. He's like, they are seriously off course based on where they're going. Uh, makes a comment about how the seats look nice and they're better than the ones they actually use, how they were using actual uh, bus posters inside the buses. And it just gets really funny. He's like, okay, the moment the first punch is thrown, we're, uh, you know, we're popping the brake and opening the doors and everyone's getting out of there. This is not just going to continue to drive this. Uh, I'm talking about fan that if something bad happened, absolutely someone would be in the bus filming it. Uh, he goes through and when they cut the, uh, they cut the brake lines and there's a scene that it shows him cutting the brake lines. And he's like, okay, he gives a breakdown of exactly how air brakes work. And how this doesn't really line up with how the bus driver how the bus driver acts. Uh, he makes comments about how the bus driver is wearing earphones, and he's like, "No, no, no! This is this is he's going to be charged for this. This is an avoidable accident because he was wearing earphones." I mean, it goes into everything from how like when it shows him going down this giant hill, uh, he, he's like, "Okay, this is the intersection on California at Mason Street." And this is a huge hill, but it's also a 40 minute bus ride away from where they showed the clip earlier. So somehow, and according to the filming, uh, in the middle of this fight, they somehow drove 40 minutes across the other side of San Francisco. It's just really funny. It's great. 
I just break down. Like the bus drivers never look back over their shoulders to look to see what happens. They always look in the mirror. It's it's a fun fun breakdown. It's it's really really cool to look at it from a from a perspective, and and just all this all the different things. He points out where the lunchbox is, uh, where the air brake should be. <laughs> And and everyone uh, everyone smashing through everything. It's just really really cool. It's really cool thread, and it's something you definitely have to check out. So I'm going to link to that. Uh, but just that type of interaction where you get a random bus driver saying, "Hey, I'm going to break down the movie," and doing a fantastic job. Now I just want to go back and watch that scene again, and and watch that with his perspective of the bus driver, which is which is great. I love that. I think that's that's something that's really really fantastic. Okay, uh, so what we're going to do on the Film for Friends podcast for the next couple of weeks is we're just going to break down some of the favorite holiday movies. We're going to talk about a little bit as, as to why uh, these movies have stuck with us and why we want to watch them every single year and what, what that says about us. Uh, so this week, we're going to do one movie per week. So this week, we're going to highlight the movie Elf. Uh, so Elf, I'm doing this kind of kind of in date order. Elf is one of the newest classic Christmas movies. I mean, it takes a few years for something to become a classic Christmas story uh, before it kind of develops into the national consciousness. And this is, I think, one of the most recent ones to have kind of achieved that status. And Elf is a really, really interesting movie. Um, there was, I think Netflix did a, I think it was a movies that made us about the making of Elf, which um, is really, really worth your time. And it gets into the backstory of how long it was in development and how long it took and all this type of things. But this movie came out in 2003. And it's, you know, I mean, I, obviously most everyone has seen it, but it's a story about an oversized elf he is a he's a human who ends up in the North Pole being raised as an elf until he gets told that he's actually human. And then he journeys down to New York City to find his biological father. Um, and it's easy to look at this now, uh, knowing what happened in Will Ferrell's career. But Will Ferrell was an was not an obvious choice for this movie. He was obviously super, super funny. But most of the stuff he'd done was more on the, uh, you know, the SNL side. He'd been in a couple movies and the movies he'd been in old school and things like that were not exactly like family friendly movies. Um, so he was an interesting choice uh, because the character of Elf uh, and I think what really, really makes this is there's a couple of things that really, really make this movie. Uh, the first one is it's kind of callback to nostalgia. It very much has a, a vibe akin to a real life Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer vibe, uh, especially the way things are in the North Pole. So it has that classic childhood vibe. The second thing I think is just it does an exceptional job of capturing the innocence the innocence and excitement of Christmas. I think this is one of the most, I don't know if it's underrated, but 
one of the things I don't know that we necessarily talk about, we think about it, but we don't talk about it. There is a very, I think Christmas when it's done right, there's a very childlike wonder and innocence about Christmas. And that is what Elf brings to the table. It brings that excitement, that energy, that childlike wonder and does it in such an amazing way. And that's why Will Ferrell was such an interesting choice because up to that point, there wasn't necessarily anything to indicate that Will Ferrell uh, had that in him that he could create that fun, innocent, childlike vibe. And that's really what makes this movie, to watch an adult uh, experience uh, New York at Christmas and all the relationships from a childlike perspective. Uh, you got a little bit of this with classic movies like Big, where you have a, a kid uh, in an adult's body trying to experience the adult world. But that's, it, it's a different vibe. Uh, and just his absolute unbridled excitement and his joy about Christmas is infectious throughout the movie. And you can watch it as he just infects every person he encounters with this Christmas spirit. And, and it's just, it's such a fun experience. And, uh, and watching him uh, interact with the world around him is just, so great. And it's understated. And in terms of a welfare, which is hard, which is as outlandish as Elf is, the fact that it's understated Will Ferrell just shows you a lot. But how they film some of these things, man on the street style, including the random Santa in a swimsuit or not a swimsuit, a, uh, a sweatsuit. How that was just a guy they encountered on the street and watching him do everything from like picking up gum off the subway and, and running into a coffee shop shouting about the world's best cup of coffee. There's so many classic moments in there. Uh, the fight about Santa. Santa, you're not Santa. You sit on a throne of lies. And that's the, that's the third thing. Memorable quotes. The sit on your throne of lies, the cotton-headed ninny muggins, all of those, uh, all of those quotes. Uh, combined with a great performance from Zoe Deschanel. And uh, that rendition of uh, Baby It's Cold Outside is really, really fun and, and well done. And she brings her expertise from the vocal standpoint. But I think, I think the main points with Elf is I think that it's just such a great encapsulation of the, the childlike wonder, innocence, and excitement of Christmas. And it can't help but infect you as well and get you caught up into the moment. And there's just something so special about getting to experience that through the eyes of someone who um, enjoys something to that extent. I think there's something infectious about that in the human condition. When you see someone really enjoying something that it can't help but rub off on you a little bit. And that's what we get with Elf. And I am glad that Elf uh, is part of our Christmas tradition. And I look forward to watching it again this year. All right, everyone. That is all the time we have for today on the Film for Fans podcast in this Thanksgiving edition. I hope you get to spend a lot of time with your family this week and have a great Thanksgiving. And until next time, enjoy the movies. <laughs>